ho, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is tongue, which is rather two words, but is also one of my favorite things. When my stomach rumbles, there is nothing that sates my hunger like a little dried tongue. Sometimes I even sneak into the larder and steal one and carry it back to my chamber. And the most excellent thing about it is that if a guard plagues me with too many inquiries, I can use the dried neat's tongue like a club. Boof, boof! A delicious snack and a weapon all in one. <laughs> neat's tongue. Now, Tudor Files, what think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. Jessica reads a chapter of Time's Riddle, and then my dear friends discuss the history behind the mystery. How diverting! So subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Thank you so much for listening. Tudor Files are just an amazing bunch. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. Philadelphia, can you give us the spelling of Neat's Tongue, our word of the week? It is spelled N-E-A-T-S-T-O-N-G-U-E, Neat's Tongue. Neat's Tongue is simply a cow's tongue. Neat in this context is actually just another word for cattle or cow. This is the word neat as a noun, and this way of using it is actually from Middle English. Neat was also an adjective at the time, and in the 1540s, it had a meaning similar to its current meaning, that it meant free from dirt. But now I think the word neat tends more to mean tidy. I agree, or that you can order a drink neat. But the neat, as reference to a cow, appears in many Elizabethan plays, probably most famously in Henry IV, Part One by Shakespeare. When Hal and Falstaff are insulting each other, and Hal calls Falstaff a huge bombard, a sack and stuffed cloak bag of guts. But then Falstaff responds. Oh, indeed. Falstaff counters. You starveling. You eelskin. You dried neat's tongue. You bull's pizzle. You stockfish. Oh, for breath to utter what is like thee, you tailor's yard, you sheath, you bowcase, you vile standing tuck. <laughs> Falstaff's insult is well done. He says that how is too thin, too dried up. It is so well said. Could not Shakespeare write the most beautiful of insults? What is your favorite, my dear Gage? Well, I do love Benedict and Beatrice. I love it when Beatrice says, I wonder that you will still be talking, Signor Benedict. Nobody marks you. What, my dear Lady Disdain, are you yet living? Is it possible Disdain should die while she hath such meat food to feed it as Signor Benedict? Courtesy itself must convert to Disdain if you come in her presence. Then is courtesy a turncoat? But it is certain I am loved of all ladies, only you excepted. And I would, I could find in my heart that I had not a hard heart, for truly, I love none. A dear happiness to women. They would else have been troubled with a pernicious suitor. I thank God in my cold blood, I am of your humor for that. I had rather hear my dog bark at a crow than a man swear he loves me. I have to say, I think Shakespeare is 
really soaring in that exchange. And those are the best kind of insults that I'm attracted to you. So I must insult you insult. Those are in so many romantic comedies. But I have to say my favorite insulter is still Falstaff. In The Merry Wives of Windsor, there's the plot where he has to get in the laundry basket and it really smells. And, you know, instead of saying this really smells, he says, there was the rankest compound of villainous smell that ever offended nostril. That's a very accurate one. I've definitely thought about that. I think Shakespeare's ability to land a good insult is one of the things that makes him still popular. I agree. On the internet, they even have a Shakespeare insult generator. A Shakespeare insult generator to create insults in the style of Master Shakespeare? Why would someone do such a thing? Philadelphia, in our time period, there's really not an art to the art of the insult. I mean, a good insult might be something like, hey, I looked up idiot in the dictionary and there was a picture of you. We have sort of one word insults, not exactly like phrases. And the Shakespeare insult generator creates insults that sound Shakespearean. I've done it and it came up with you lumpish onion-eyed scut. It's cute. Shakespeare's insults are not cute. They are words picked and arranged to cut a character at their core. For when Falstaff calls Howl a dried neat's tongue, it sears the young prince's soul. For Howl wants to be a man. He does not want to be a thin and scrawny boy. And he wishes to beat Falstaff in a battle of wits. But he cannot. And indeed, he wishes to hurt Falstaff with his words. But he has not the skill to do it yet. Yet Falstaff has the skill to hurt him. It is a marvelous exchange. It's not just the insult. It's the way the insult hits all the vulnerabilities of the character. I guess that's why Shakespeare is still the best. Yes. I would, I could give all our Tudor files some dried neat's tongue. So tasty. And I certainly would never insult them or any courtier unless I could sharpen an insult so it could fly like a dagger into their heart. Philadelphia! Well, Master Shakespeare slays with his words. He is such a talent. So give heed to the files. Bring some 16th century source to your vocabulary with Neat's Tongue. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube. And give me a like, you scallywag. (laughs) 